This podcast is brought to you by VinZero. VinZero pioneers solutions and services to the AEC and manufacturing industries to support net zero targets. Visit VinZero.com to learn more about how organisations design, build and solve through digitalisation. From VinZero to you, welcome to our Think Future podcast series. Each week we'll share conversations with industry leaders from around the world to find out how they're thinking future. Subscribe to VinZero Think Future for access to more episodes, interviews and profiles. Blaise Porter is the Group Director, Sustainability and Corporate Responsibility at Sims Limited, the global leader in metal recycling and data centre IT circularity. She directs Sims Limited's long-term sustainability ambitions and goals, integrates sustainability throughout the company's divisions worldwide and helps Sims fulfil its purpose to create a world without waste to preserve our planet. Sims is driven to constantly innovate and offer new solutions in the circular economy for consumers, businesses, governments and communities around the world. And Blaze is joining the conversation today to shine a light on the importance of scrap metal recycling for driving circularity and decarbonisation of the built environment. Welcome to the program, Blaze. Thank you, Andy. Great to be with you. Sims have recently ranked in the top 20 for the world's most sustainable companies at number 14. That is a fantastic recognition. What does it take to achieve that? Oh, thank you for that. So it was great to be recognised and listed again. So that is a listing that looks at, first of all, sustainable revenue. So Sims is a portfolio of circular economy businesses. Um, We have Sims Metal, which is kind of what most people know us for. If I say Sims Metal, people go, oh, yes. And so that's a metals recycling business. We have Sims Lifecycle Services, which focuses on electronics and cloud devices and keeping those in circulation for as long as possible. We have Sims Municipal Recycling, which does curbside recycling in some of North America's larger cities, and Sims Resource Renewal. So that's an advanced recycling facility that will first off deal with our own waste stream, which is super exciting. We've got that sustainable revenue. So we're we're doing well by doing good for the planet, which is always a great position and makes coming to work on a Monday a really fantastic opportunity for me. But I suppose that recognition is also out there about how is it that we do what we do. So we have really ambitious carbon targets that we're working towards. We've just brought them all forward last year. So we're not 12 years off the existing target. We want to get there by 2030. So we're going a lot harder. We want to be 100% renewable electricity as soon as 2025. So that's in the really near future. But also looking at things like gender diversity. How do we attract more women into what has been a very male-dominated environment? How do we protect nature and look after biodiversity? How do we be really effective stewards of our communities that we operate in and and be great neighbours? So it's a great recognition of that holistic approach that Sims tries to bring to its work. And you just mentioned that you decided or that a decision was made to bring forward your targets. What was the catalyst for that? So that's a good question. And I think it reflects kind of two things. So one is we really see ourselves as a circular economy business and particularly providing input for steel making, which is a really hard to decarbonise sector. It's really critical to helping the world, helping this country and all the countries that we operate in achieve wider decarbonisation in the sector. So we really recognise that we have an important role to play And that means that we have to take really aggressive action in our own backyard, as it were, in our own operations. 
And of course, you know, 2030 has been called the critical decade for action. You know, that's the critical decade to accomplish the sustainable development goals. It's a critical decade really for climate. We don't have a huge amount of time to make the required progress to try and hold to a 1.5 or even really a two degree above pre-industrial levels. So we need everybody to take the action. So we really wanted to lead from the front and that's why we've increased the level of ambition on our carbon targets. So before we dig into some of the achievements you're making in that regard, can I get you to just tell us a little bit more about the SIMS portfolio? Yeah, of course. So we start off with SIMS Metal. So, and SIMS was actually founded back in 1917 here in Australia. So it's a business with a really long history as scrap metal merchant by Albert Sims, in fact. So we still have his name on the on the buildings. And so our metals business will take end-of-life metal products. And that's everything from manufacturing scrap. So if you're making a window frame out of, you know, extruded aluminium and you've got a billet end, you know, we will take that and recycle that through to post-consumer products. So cars shopping jollies, fridges, washing machines, anything that has metal in it. So that comes to the Sims metal business and the steel that comes out of that facility that we have worldwide, so here in Australia, New Zealand, Papua New Guinea, United Kingdom, North America, is ready to go into a smelter and be made into a new steel product. The Sims lifecycle services business is really focusing on electronic products and cloud devices. So we all live these really digital lives nowadays. And it's easy when you're kind of on the, you know, telephone call or something's just happening on your phone to kind of not realise that there's actually huge infrastructure that makes that all a reality. And so Sims Lifecycle Services or SLS is really focused on how do we maximise the return or the value of those assets? How do we keep them in circulation for as long as possible in their original form. So looking at kind of higher up elements of the circular economy, I suppose, Anthea. So refurbishing, reselling, redeploying, parts harvesting. So can we repurpose even use parts out of some machines to upgrade other machines and resell them? And that's a really fantastic global business that services, as I say, global customers all around the world. Sims Municipal Recycling is, as, as it says on the tin, a municipal recycling business handling curbside recycling for some of the largest cities in North America. So cities in Florida, New York City, in fact, we do all the, the curbside recycling out of our facility in Brooklyn. And then finally, we have SRR, so Sims Resource Renewal, which is our new business. It's, it's, it's brand new. In fact, the demonstration facility will be just opening up in Queensland this year. And that aims to, first of all, really transform our own waste stream from our own operations into high-quality metal products and really try and close the loop on our operations. So that's a really innovative piece of investment that Sims has been making in the circular economy. Are you looking for a digitalisation and net zero partner to help you achieve your goals? Join the thousands of AEC and manufacturing customers globally who have turned to VinZero to start their journey toward a net zero future. With 32 offices around the world, VinZero can connect you to the right technologies and workflow processes, so you can maintain your competitive position and increase profitability. 
Binzero has an industry expert to help you navigate the best pathway forward wherever you are on your digitalization and net zero journey. Visit binzero.com to find out more. So can you take us through what that demonstration facility looks like and how it will operate? So as I said, so it's been built here in Queensland. So for, for context, I suppose, for your listeners, is when you have a bit of metal, so if you think about a car, say, there's a lot attached to that metal that is not metal. So it might be, you know, plastic, rubber, foam, all sorts of different things. So when a car comes into our lot, that will be, Firstly, depolluted, so batteries and oils and fuels and things removed for environmental reasons, but obviously for health and safety reasons as well. And then it will go into a shredder. And shredding is just purely a mechanical process that firstly separates all the middle bits from the non-middle bits and then processes the middle bits into the right sort of size and shape that they can go from us into being a smelter. And so from that shredding process, you get three streams. The first is steel. And as I said, that leaves us ready to go be made back into new construction material, new fencing, new roofing, all sorts of new steel products. You get a non-ferrous stream, so aluminium, copper, things like that, and that will go on again to be made into new metal. And you also get a waste stream. And this stream is called ASR, so Automotive Shredder Residue, and that's a pretty horrible stream really I would say yeah so it's it's non-homogenous it's made up of all sorts of different things so as I said like all little bits of foam and wood and cement and dirt and it's all wet because normally it would have been sprayed to keep down the dust so it really doesn't lend itself very well to further mechanical recycling so sector-wide this is not just a sims thing but sector-wide that waste stream will go to landfill or maybe best case it goes to uh, waste energy recovery. But that doesn't really sit well with us and we produce about a million tonnes of this waste stream a year so it's not a small amount of waste that we want to say, well, how can we get the most circular return? So we're investing in, first of all, like a plasma gasification technology that actually will make a gas, it's a synthetic gas, out of this waste stream And from there, we'll be able to do more things with it. So our ultimate aim is to be able to produce olefins, and olefins are like the building blocks of plastic. So that could be a fully circular plastic solution. But in the meantime, while we're getting to that, we'll be producing hydrogen. So that's an opportunity to then decarbonise transport, decarbonise other sectors through using that hydrogen product. CO2 for industrial use, and it'll actually be food-grade CO2, so what can go into one sparkling white wine to, <laughs> to make it bubbly or, you know, keep your drinks bubbly. And we'll be making also then a vitrified product at the end, which we think will have applications in construction as an aggregate. And look, as I said, it's, it's in Queensland, so I know you have a global audience and I'm sure they'll be able to tell by my accent that I'm Australian. So it's really, it's great for me to be able to say, you know, that that innovation is taking place here and that I'll be able to go up and see it in the new future. So that demonstration plan, which really is just that, to demonstrate the technology and help us learn from that before we scale it up, will be operational this year. So certainly a fantastic innovation to support circular economy. 
How are global supply chain issues impacting Sims? Really interesting question out there and I think the answer is not the same and I think we're really used to thinking about challenges from you know supply chain all the chaos that we know that's occurred with the pandemic over the last few years but there's huge opportunity in that in the circular economy as well and I think we always talk about businesses who are more circular building their resilience but it's hard to sometimes conceptualize what that means and so I'll give you an example one of the effects I think of the pandemic really early on was a microchip shortage. You know, all the factories that were making them had to shut down. They were all doing just-in-time manufacturing, so there was no stockpiling. And hey, presto, everyone was also working from home now. There's a huge demand for things. Couldn't get them. And that shortage issue is still continuing, in fact. Like, that's still a really pressing concern. And so Sims was able to help our customers and at some points over the pandemic, we were actually our customer's largest supplier of microchips. And we weren't making them, you know, we're not operating a microchip factory. We were harvesting them out of devices where they otherwise would have gone unused or just been shredded up to kind of recover the raw materials. And so that required a bit of innovation from us and on the part of their customer as well to figure out how these things could be redeployed. But that's now a fantastic opportunity both for the customer and obviously for Sims in overcoming that challenge, building resilience into their value chain and delivering a method that creates value all up and down, not just environmental value, but obviously employment value and social value as well. How is technology affecting your sector then, for instance? I mean, are you seeing a reduction in waste, for example, in construction? This is a really interesting question. It's a really question that comes back to, I think, particularly for metals, that they are really long-lived commodities, right? So, And for good reason. We don't want to build a building and be tearing it down every decade. We want buildings to last. And so when we see metal in use, particularly in the construction environment, as you mentioned, or even in cars, cars will be on the road for, you know, I think 12 years is the average in this country. It takes a long time for those designs to be cycling through and hitting the waste stream. And it is, I think, one of the reminders that it's so important to get the design phase right, to actually take the time to think at the start of the building or the product life cycle, whatever it is, about how that can be recovered effectively and then how it can be reused, recycled, and frankly, even avoided. That's the best, the, the best waste, you know, the most effective treatment of waste is not to create it. So I think it's so important in the circular economy that we really start to think about how do we collaborate with our value chain and that's something that Sims is doing a lot of where we speak with OEMs, with product manufacturers and say, oh, how can we share what we know from the treatment of this thing at its end of life to help make that easier, to help extend its life cycle. So in terms of collaboration, are you seeing an increasing role for scrap, for example, as markets and customers drive to lower embodied emissions? Yeah, 100%. So scrap's a really critical input for decarbonising, in particular steel, which is a really, really tough sector to decarbonise and a really high emitting sector as well. So it's responsible for kind of global percentages of, of emissions. And what happens, I suppose, is that scrap is used really as a substitute for iron ore. So 
there's some benefits there in terms of we're avoiding a lot of emissions in the extraction of iron ore as well as the transport of that beneficiation of that ore as well as obviously the impact to nature from extracting that from the ground but also it's much more efficient to actually then melt down and process into new steel so you need a lot less energy so scrap is really being looked at by the steel sector as a key way to decarbonize steel production and then obviously that then lowers the embodied emission in the product at the end of the day we're certainly seeing that increased demand and that increased collaboration and strategic importance with our customers because the technological innovation required to do other things in steel, things like carbon capture and storage, things like hydrogen DRI steel making, are still a ways away, right? And they, it's, it's, it's a ways away before we get them at commercial scale, at global scale in particular. Whereas scrap has all those other benefits and it's available now and it's a global solution that can operate at scale now. And I'll just kind of touch on that embodied emissions one as well because you mentioned the construction section earlier and there's a lot of leadership in this space, you know, and I'll give a shout-out to Lynn Lease who are really talking about this and have set some very aggressive targets, very near-term targets about getting lower embodied emissions in products and being able to, to measure that and preference for that in their buildings And that, I think, is you cannot get to lower embodied emission products without circularity. You just can't. It's not all in the processing. It's about all those emissions that come with your input materials and your feedstocks. And so circularity is really one of the absolute key drivers of decarbonisation in the wider economy. It sure is. So when you think about the work that organisations like Lend-Lease are doing and the technologies that we're seeing become available and your own work in setting up the demonstration facility, what is it that excites you the most when you think future? Oh, that's such a great question. <laughs> and I think, you know, it's there is a lot to be excited about. There is a lot to for sure, also be concerned about and to motivate us to go as hard as we can, as fast as we can. When I think about the future, the things that excite me are just the collaboration, I think, that's being put towards these problems and I think also the realisation that we need to solve these problems in an integrated way. They're not going to be solved just by a couple of politicians or corporate sustainability managers like me. You know, they're solved in communities. They're solved by working with nature. They're solved by working with really diverse, empowered groups of people. And just the possibilities, I think, that that sort of really, I guess, radical collaboration offers to help us solve all sorts of problems, not just carbon and not just climate change, but to really and really imagine a different way of living in this world. Blaise Porter, thank you for joining the Vinzero Think Future podcast, and we look forward to hearing more about Sims Innovations as you work towards the vision of a world without waste. This podcast was brought to you by Vinzero. Vinzero helped the AEC and manufacturing industries keep pace with digital change and achieve their technological and sustainability leadership goals. Vinzero is a company that cares about creating and building a better world. Together, 
we are working with industry and environmental experts, providing forums and platforms through our Vinzero Think community to create conversations that matter to our future generations. We invite you to join in the conversation and participate in our Think community. Like and subscribe to Think Future to stay up to date with the latest innovations and conversations as we take AEC and manufacturing around the world closer to zero. You can download our podcasts at vinzero.com or from your favourite podcast platform. From Vinzero Think Future, thanks for listening.